Welcome to the sermon podcast of Exodus Church, located in Belmont, North Carolina. For more information about our church and the many ways you can be involved, please go to our website at theexoduschurch.org or email us at info at theexoduschurch.org. Matthew 4, if you'd go there with me. Uh, We're in a series called Our King and His Kingdom, and today we're going to see Jesus launching into his kingdom ministry. He's going to be going into a dark place, bringing light there, and he does it in three ways. He does that through preaching through making disciples, and through serving those in need. Let's look at Matthew chapter 4. I'm going to read verses 12 through the end of the chapter, and then we'll jump into it. It says, Now when he heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light, and for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men." Immediately they left their nets and followed him, and going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And he went through all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria. And they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, epileptics, and paralytics. And he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. Now, in this passage, we're going to see two things. We're going to see Jesus' mission, which is to bring light to dark places. That's his mission here. And then we're going to see his methods. He has three methods that he uses to get after that mission. Preaching, making disciples, and serving those in need, and he's going to call us to be involved with him on those three. Okay, let's let's start with this mission of bringing light into dark places, and we see that starting in verse fourteen. It says, "So that what um, it, it's talking about him being in Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled." So this is the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. What's about to be said? The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region in the shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. Now this region had been uh, just wrecked by war for several centuries. The Assyrians had occupied it. The Romans had occupied it. It was just a, a region specifically in this part of the country that had faced very, very difficult times. And the kind of, this kind of occupation creates a people that have a large amount of hopelessness and fear. And into that kind of reality, Jesus comes bringing light into darkness. And Jesus, and Jesus alone, is the only one that can bring light into that kind of darkness. There's, there's no one else that can bring light into that kind of darkness. Jesus, and Jesus alone, can bring light into that kind of darkness. And he does so. And then, not only does he bring light into the darkness around us, Jesus also brings light into the darkness in us. 
Now, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty easy in our world today to think about the darkness around us. We, it's easy for us to see all these other places that are, that are difficult and bad. It's really hard for us to look at the darkness in us. But Jesus came to show, to bring light into that darkness too. Not only the darkness going on in our world, but the darkness going on in our heart. He came to show it to us. He came to bring light to reveal it. And he came to bring light in the cross to remove it. Jesus doesn't bring light into the darkness in us just to show it to us, to show us how bad we are. He brings light to also remove it so that we can be amazed at the king's grace. And if you're a Christian, I want to ask you this question. Do you remember that day? Not, not because you have to know a day. I think sometimes we think, hey, I've got to know the exact. That's not what I'm getting at. What I'm, what I'm asking to remember is, do you remember what it was like? Do you remember the feeling of seeing, I am worse off than I could imagine? When, when God, God's light kind of lit up your sinfulness. And then at the same time realizing, I'm loved more than I could ever dream. Do you remember what that day was like? That's the kind of light Jesus comes to bring into darkness where he says, you are worse off than you could imagine and you are more loved than you could ever dream. Jesus comes to bring light into our darkness. And he does this by preaching, making disciples and serving those in need. And we see that here in verse 17, he starts preaching Look at that. This is Jesus' method. He says in verse 17, From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The first method Jesus uses to bring light into dark places is to preach. And notice, this is not all Jesus ever said, but it's the first thing Jesus ever said. The first thing he said in preaching is, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, repent is a Bible word. We talked about it, I think, a couple of weeks ago. And it means a change. It's a change in our thinking. It's a change in our feeling. It's a change in our wanting. It's a change in our acting. It's a complete change where at one time we're walking away from God toward all the things that we want to do with our lives. And we repent. We change. We turn from what we want to what God wants. That's repentance. It's a change of our thinking, our feeling, our wanting, all the way down to how we live our lives. It's repentance and change. And the reason Jesus gives for repenting is in verse 17. He says, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus says, change. You're thinking, feeling, wanting, acting. Change it because there's a new king, and it's not you. There's a new king. There's a new kingdom, so there's a new way to live. In fact, he's going to spend Matthew 5 through 7 unpacking what that new kingdom is like. And he calls them to repent. He brings light into dark places, calling us to repent because there's a new king and a new kingdom. Second thing he does is he makes disciples. Look at verse 18. It says, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. Now that John is the John who wrote the Gospel of John. 
In the, he was in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father, and they followed him. Now, this is not the first time these people have met Jesus. In fact, Andrew and John were probably seen from John's gospel were disciples of John the Baptist. And so when John said, hey, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, John was pointing them to Jesus. So this is, this is not like Jesus rolled up on them first time they ever saw him and said, hey, you know, follow me. And they're like immediately leaving and going. That's not what this is about. Although sometimes we can read it that way. These people have heard of Jesus and his ministry in their area. And yet Jesus comes to these, these men and says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Now more is going on here in Luke chapter 5. If you want to turn over there, Luke chapter 5 gives us uh, some more information about what's going on here. Luke chapter 5, verse one, you've heard me mention before The Chosen. It's a, a series about the life of Jesus. Um, it's exceptional. It's also on YouTube, okay? You can watch all the episodes from season one on YouTube. And what The Chosen does with this part of Luke's gospel is fascinating. It really is. So Luke tells us more about what's going on there in Matthew chapter four, starting in verse one of Luke five. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret and he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Now getting into one of the boats, which was Simon, so that's the same Simon and Matthew, same guy. He asked him to put out a little from the land and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. So these people that are mentioned in Matthew 4 are listening to Jesus' uh, teaching here. Next verse. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I'll let down the nets. Now, this is not, I'll obey you to the end. Now, that's more like, whatever you say, I'll do. You know, it's kind of a sure, whatever kind of response. Next verse. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. And they signaled to their partners, that's James and John in the other boat, to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. Now, notice how Simon Peter responds in verse 8. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. So also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with John. I want you to notice a couple things. I want you to notice that our discipleship to Jesus begins with two very important things. It begins with our being amazed at Jesus. I love that that's Peter's response. In fact, it's everybody's response. They were astonished at what Jesus had done providing those fish. They were amazed at Jesus, and that's where our discipleship must begin. Second, our discipleship must begin with an awareness of our sin. Listen, if our discipleship doesn't begin with us being amazed at Jesus and aware of our sin, we'll see ourselves as an equal partner in his enterprise, not a subject in his kingdom. We've got to see, just, we've got to just be amazed with who Jesus is and aware that I am a sinful man. In fact, in Matthew, John the Baptist said, I'm not worthy to carry his shoes. And Peter is now saying, I'm not worthy to even be in your presence. 
That's where our discipleship must begin, but that's not where it ends. In fact, discipleship continues when Jesus calms our fear and calls us to follow. Look at verse um, 10 of of Luke 5. And Jesus said to Simon, so remember, Simon is on his knees bowing to Jesus. I'm sinful. Depart from me. I'm not even worthy to be in your presence. And Jesus says, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid, Simon. From now on, you'll be catching men. Now, Peter is amazed at Jesus. He's aware of his sin and his appropriate response was, I'm not worthy of you. And Jesus' response to him is this, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Follow me. I'm going to change your life. Now, it is really, really important that we hold these two things together, that we are amazed at Jesus, that we are aware of our sin, and that we see his invitation to follow him. A.W. Tozer said this, to fear and not to be afraid is the soul's paradox of faith. In, In light of who Jesus is and what we've done, we probably should be afraid. And yet Jesus says, don't be afraid. Follow me. Follow me. This is how Jesus brings light to a dark place. He preaches repentance because there's a new king and kingdom. He calls unworthy people to join him in his mission uh, as disciples. And then lastly, his method is serving those in need. And we see that back in Matthew chapter 4. It says in Matthew 4, 23, And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them, and great crowds followed him. The third method Jesus uses to achieve his mission of bringing light to dark places is serving those in need. Now, before we talk about serving, I want you to see in verse 23 that he did not separate teaching and preaching from serving. There's a tendency sometimes for us to do one or the other. Either we serve and don't preach, or we preach and don't serve. Jesus did both. He preached the gospel of the kingdom, and he served those in need, and we as a church must do the same. We must do the same. And he brings light into darkness by serving people who are facing significant difficulty in verse 24. All the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. Now, there are some things that apart from a miraculous work of Jesus, we cannot do. We, I, we, we can't heal. Jesus and Jesus alone is a healer. And, and sometimes in his grace and in miraculous ways, he heals people. Thanks be to God. Now, that's his business. Our role is to do what we can while praying and asking him to do what only he can do. And so while we can't heal those who are sick, apart from Jesus, we we can't do that. We can care for them. We can pray for them. We can't heal people who are struggling with seizures, but we can care for a family whose child walks through that all the time. We can serve those in need 
as a way to bring light into a dark place. When we find out somebody we love and care about is struggling with sickness, we can go to them and, in, and, and to the best of our ability, serve them in a way that would communicate something of the love and grace of Jesus. Jesus' mission was to bring light to dark places. He did that through preaching the gospel, making disciples, and serving those in need, and we get to join him in that, which is how we apply this sermon. One thing. Jesus calls unworthy people to join him in his mission of taking light to dark places. Jesus calls unworthy people. We've got to start there. If we do not start in the place of being amazed at Jesus and aware of our sin, if we do not start where Peter started at the feet of Jesus saying, Jesus, I'm not even worthy to be here. If we don't start there, whatever we build will crumble and fall. If we don't start with an awareness that Jesus has called unworthy people, unworthy people, to join him in his mission. If we don't start there, whatever we build on top of that will crumble and fall because God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So we need to remember and understand that God calls unworthy people to join him in his mission. So I guess my first question is, is that that your posture to Jesus? Is that your posture to Jesus? Are you aware? I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not worthy to to carry your shoes. I'm not worthy to be in your presence, Jesus. I'm, I'm not, I'm not worthy at all. Like, is that, is that your posture toward him? Are you aware? Has God shined his light on your heart such that you would see, I am worse off than I imagined, and yet love more than I would ever dare dream? A long time ago, I had my kids at the Greek festival in Charlotte. It was probably the hottest day imaginable. Uh, it was, oh, it was just awful day. It was like the worst part of fairs and the beach. It was just awful, okay? And I hate those things, by the way. So um, one of our kids was having a really rough day, and so I was trying to be a good dad and take her back to the car. Well, she was not having it at all, at all. And no matter what, no matter how kind I was, no matter, no matter what I was doing, she just wasn't having it. So I just took her by the little hand and took her to the car, and she was just throwing a duck fit the whole way. And so I just took out my cell phone. I started videoing it. Now, I've deleted it, all right, just for your brain, Okay. But I just took out my cell phone. I'm walking. All the parents are looking at me like I'm stealing her or something. I'm like, look, I'm not. So we're, we're, we get to the car, and I said, I said, I don't want you to watch something. I want you to watch something. And I showed her the video, and she was like, oh. <laughs> it was my favorite thing in the, of the whole day. She was like, oh. She realized what was going on. There's something good about Jesus shining a light on things for us sometimes. Where we realize, oh, that's what you died on the cross for. And we immediately know not only we're worse off than we ever knew, we are loved more than we would ever dare dream. Is that your posture? Are you aware that Jesus calls unworthy people to join him in his mission? You're not an equal partner in his enterprise, we're subjects in his kingdom. And we're subjects that at one point rebelled against him. And yet Jesus died so that rebels could be made family. 
that's where we start. And then he calls us, wonder of wonders, he calls us to join him in his mission. Like, like his response to Peter, don't be afraid, follow me, I'll make you a fisher of men. He calls us to join him in his mission of bringing light to dark places through preaching and making disciples and serving those in need. And so there are all kinds of ways for us to serve those in need to take light to dark places. There are ways for us to serve one another as as people walk through difficult times, as people face challenging moments. We get to serve one another to bring light into that kind of darkness. We get to pray for one another. We get to care for one another as a church. And then we get to pray, we get to serve those outside of us. We, we have a couple of things that are going on locally. One is our work with Gastonia Street Ministry, an opportunity to, to serve there and to continue providing food. Uh, we get to serve with North Belmont Elementary. We've got a great relationship with that school where we're trying to continue to build out ways that others can serve there. One of the things they need really right now desperately are substitute teachers. And so if that's something that, that you would, would think God was maybe calling you to pursue as a means of taking light into a dark, into a dark place. It's an opportunity to serve others. We're going to help them with their teacher appreciation in May. There's a lot of opportunities that are ahead of us to, to serve those in need, to be the light of the world that Jesus has called us to be and that he'll call us to in Matthew chapter 5. So we get to serve those in need, and we get to take light into dark places. Another way we get to participate with Jesus is by making disciples. Now listen, anytime we talk about making disciples, that immediately gets complicated in our head. We, all, we immediately think that's complicated. Disciple-making is not complicated. It's involuntary. If you love something, you're going to tell someone about it, and you're going to invite people to it. 100%. That's going to happen. If you find a restaurant that you love, you're going to tell somebody about it. You're going to say, hey, we got to go there with, you got to go there with me. You got to experience this. Disciple making is involuntary. And what we what we get to do is make disciples of that which is supremely valuable. And so to do that, we, we've created a tool in our church called Disciple Map. Uh, next week, you're going to hear more about it. We're going we're gonna to encourage you to, uh, to take this tool and, and grow in some disciple-making relationships. Uh, you find a partner or two, and, and you meet uh, for a few times over a couple of weeks, and you, you try to ask, where are you in your walk with Jesus, and where do you need to go? And we do that around four categories, gospel formation, community, worship, and mission. And what we hope what we hope is that we will grow as disciples together, and that would be a part of us taking light into darkness. We get to be part of God's work of shining light, shining light into the darkness of our hearts so that we can see change and grow together. Now, finally, we join Jesus in his mission when we teach and preach. Now, that's not the same as what I'm doing here, okay, necessarily, but we get to join Jesus in his mission of bringing light to dark places when we teach and preach the gospel of the kingdom to our children at home. When we teach and preach the gospel of, our, of the kingdom to our friends that we're having coffee with. When we teach and preach the kingdom to our coworkers or to our neighbors. And, and when one of your coworkers says to you, hey, you seem to be making it through this 
uh, in a way that's different than those around you, your response is to preach the gospel of the kingdom. Hey, no, 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 you need to know I'm a mess, but I have a Messiah who is seeing me through this time. We preach and teach the gospel of the kingdom, and that's one of the ways God uses us to bring light into darkness. And so Jesus, it, it, Jesus starts his kingdom ministry here in Matthew 4. He, he begins bringing light to dark places, and he does it by preaching, by making disciples and serving those in need. And we get to join him in this. And of all the things in the world that we could get behind, of all the things in the world that we could bring our um, lives to, there's only one thing I can 100% get behind. And that's the gospel of the kingdom. And my hope is that we, that we would be a people, that we would be a people who display light in darkness to one another. And that as we do that to one another, that we would display it with one another to the watching world. So that our church would be a light. A light that is and brings light into darkness. That we join Jesus in that mission. And that we do it together. Let's pray together. Father, thanks for your goodness to us. Thank you for your love for us. Lord, I pray that as we... As we think about um, your call to join you in bringing light to dark places, as we think about your, your, the way you did that by preaching and making disciples and serving those in need, Lord, I pray and I ask that you would give us grace to do that. Lord, we need your grace. We're, we're, we're aware. It, regardless of whether we're willing to admit it or not, we're aware that we're worse off than we know. Lord, make us, remind us that we're loved more than we can imagine. And then, Lord, energize us, fill us with your spirit and your power so that we might display the light, the light of Jesus to the world. Help us, Lord. Help us. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.